It's the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast with Alex Trateris, John Malika, and Ricey on the beat. Let's go. Yo, what's good, everyone? Alex Trateris here with another Knicks episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. And with me, as always, my buddy, what goes with power, the man, the plan, the one and only, the one and only, John Malika. John, we back, baby. We back up and running. It was a tough week. Tough week, man, for New York sports. Tough week oh. if you're a Knicks and a Jets fan, specifically. Tough day, Tough day bro. Day. Sunday, every New York team in existence lost. Yeah, NYCFC's out. The Rangers are out. The, the, the Yankees Jets and the Mets are out, but somehow we still are feeling hurt after that. It's, it was just a terrible day, man. It was a terrible it's the worst day. World Series for Yankees and Mets fans. The Phillies Good Lord, man. <laughs> New York, New York is just vomiting over itself right now. Like, it's disgusting what happened yesterday. We all went off on the Jets. Well, I, I can't, like, I listened to I listened to the pod with you and Greg. It was funny because I was like, "How are these guys going to react?" I have no idea. It's like, I hope I, I won't I won't ruin anything because I know you're going to listen to it. <laughs> my my partial getting published right now as we speak. Thanks to our video producer Greg. Uh, but yeah, man, I I want to reconvene later this week <laughs> or at some point to to to, to go o- over what we talked about. But how there'll are you doing? Plenty, man? There'll be plenty to reconvene on the Jets. We have a, we have a big. Guests coming on on the Jets episodes, uh, trade deadline, and reversing the best team in the AFC uh, versus the Bills, and I'll be there. So we have a hell of an episode on the Jets. Definitely Should you be at the Bills out. game? Yeah, I'm gonna be at the Bills. Good game. Lord, man. <laughs> yeah. So call the ambulance. Have it outside ready. Not <laughs> for not for tough. the players, just for John. <laughs> it's gonna be a tough one. So let's let's focus on the Knicks. It's the Knicks episode, and the Knicks, man. So far. Have been doing everything anyone could possibly have asked for them. They beat the Detroit Pistons, Orlando Magic, and the Charlotte Hornets, and they lost to the Memphis Grizzlies, the Milwaukee Bucks, and the Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean, they did everything that anyone could possibly ask for them. They're three and three. They're uh, undefeated at home and winless on the road. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it, it's very like typical right now and. For me, I'm okay with that. We have a huge stretch coming up, and we're about to learn some things about the Knicks from Wednesday to Wednesday. Yep. Right? And I'm I'm hyped about it. I'm I'm okay with what I'm seeing from the Knicks right now. I'm optimistic. And let's go, dude. Like, how are you feeling about this Knicks? I know you have the the full pulse of the Knicks uh daily on Knicks Fan TV. Uh, on the post game, so every single day you have people calling in and yelling at you. <laughs> I'm mostly like, it's really therapy no session, bro. It's really therapy. I, I somehow became a, a certified Knicks therapist, and I don't know how that happened overnight, but it is what it is, man. I enjoy it. I love listening to the diverse aspects of Knicks fans. That's what's so beautiful about New York sports, but Knicks fans in general, man. There's just so many of us, and it's truly the New York team, right? You can either be a Mets fan or a Yankees fan, Jets, Giants. Or Buffalo, whatever, depending where you're from. Uh, Orchard Park. <laughs> yeah, Orchard Some Park. Orchard Park Bills. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you could be an Islanders fan or a Rangers fan, but you're really a Knicks fan, not a Nets fan. You know, you're really a Knicks fan if you're from New York. And 
that's why it's just such a great fan base, man. There's just so many of us. And it's been up and down, bro. Like from winning, like you, you heard, I heard all the, you know, we need to play a contender to really see where we are. Weren't happy with the Charlotte or Orlando win. It shouldn't have gone to overtime, this, that, and the third. You know, then we play Milwaukee and Cleveland, and we're like, oh, what's happening? Why couldn't we beat these guys if we just tinkered the rotations and all this stuff? And, like, I hear you. I hear you. I understand. There's some there's some validity to all these things, but there's also, like, a reality that we're also not a contender. The Knicks are 3-3, three and three, as you pointed out, John. And I'm fine with it. You know, this is the team. Honestly, the Knicks are who we thought they were. <laughs> yeah, for sure. This is, Absolutely. This, this is not like if you thought, you know, I guess, yes, Milwaukee didn't have Middleton. Cleveland didn't have Garland. Uh, the question is, could have been a lot worse. Would we still have been competitive? You know, there are moments during both games, more so the Cleveland game. I felt like we could have. Won that one because we were up nine. We could have, but hey, yeah, that, that, that's not like you're not dreaming now. We were yeah, winning by nine points in the fourth I know, quarter. <laughs> I know, know, but but the thing is that we just get you know Tom Thibodeau needs to make the adjustment saying, hey, we gotta defend the three because we're just letting Kevin Love, uh, Dean Wade, and obviously Spider just go off. But Listen, man, I don't think that's a tips thing. But I'm ready to get into that because I really I, I think that's a, I think that's a player issue. You think that's a player point. issue? I think it's because. We've seen it for three years now. So let's discuss this past week before we get into our next segment. The, the, the three years, we, we know Tibbs wants to play a drop coverage. We always see that it's to protect the paint first and then chase out. You got to close out hard on the three-point line. That's how Tibbs runs his defense. I get that. I hear that. But when you're playing the number one three-point shooting team, you got to make an adjustment for a team that legitimately could go nuclear. I mean, we just saw Donovan Mitchell... And Kevin Love go eight for 13. Dean Wade went six for eight from three. Like you're not, you can't allow that to happen. So I think there could be more of an adjustment. I think the players are kind of trained to always protect the paint and then to chase out where it should have been stay on the perimeter and try to defend the best you can because we are facing the best three point shooting team. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree with you, but at the end of the day, like the players are seeing what's happening. Like it's getting swung around. The perimeter, they're just not closing out. You know what I mean? They're, they're, they're kind of being lazy on D. Like there's, there's no philosophy that's going to tell you, yo, close out on Kevin Love shooting a three, dude. You know what I mean? We're getting there late every time. No, there's no magic formula. You just have to get there. And you know, the Knicks are, are learning. They're, they're, they're learning how to defend the best teams in the league. The Milwaukee Bucks and the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Bucks are number one. They're going to, they're going to win the championship. But anyway, they're number one in the East. Cleveland at worst is number three in the East, maybe number four at absolute worst. Like they're, they're, these are, this is top class. So I, I can't hate on it too much. Mm-hmm. I think we're also going to learn from it, right? Uh, these teams are playing at their best right now, which is good for us because I don't think the Knicks are playing at their best at all. I could agree with that. And that's why I'm saying this stretch coming up is going to be huge for us because like, is Tim's philosophy bad is great. You know, during the home games versus the bad teams, and just all of a sudden it's bad against Milwaukee and Cleveland, or are they just really good? You know what I mean? Like it, there was was his philosophy okay when we were up by nine the fourth, and then all of a sudden when they were tied, and then he went down by seemingly twenty. Like all of a sudden his philosophy was bad. No, dude, like Obi stinks sometimes. He has to get back in the groove. You know what I mean? RJ still picking it up, 
And we have to see here because like an Atlanta game, that's where we actually have to put our money where our mouth is. You know what I mean? And we have to D up the whole game and we can't be blowing leads and we shouldn't be down a lot, like fighting for our lives. Then we got, you know, at Philly. Philly hasn't been playing up to par, man. It's it, it's time we get into Philly and we finally win a damn game in Philly, man. <laughs> you know? And and then becomes another huge test for us where Boston playing out of their minds, a huge defensive team. We're so inefficient. Like that's a huge test for us. So I'm I'm ready for that, man. More Eastern Conference teams. It's really cool that I feel like we played the entire East. <laughs> you know what I mean? Within the first yeah. like two, three weeks. And we, we, we find out at least where we stand at this point. So let me ask you this. Are you, are you nervous about kind of this little stretch coming up because you're worried about Tibbs and his philosophy and some minutes here and some inefficiency or? Are you like, are you thinking like the Knicks are going to improve as we go on here? I think the thing for this team is that there, there's a few things I know about this team. They're a top five team when it comes to driving in the paint. They're a better team scoring within 15 feet or west of this, uh, or, or west when it comes to the game of basketball. And they can be a solid to a solid defensive team when they're all on, when they're all in it. The thing that they're not good at. Is shooting threes, man. They're so inconsistent. So bad. So because of that, <laughs> and being very getting, nice. It, you know, <laughs> They're bad playing, at shooting threes. <laughs> yeah, they are. They are bad at shooting threes. <laughs> and you know, I was on SNY with, with Dexter Henry in the New York Post, and I talked about it, man. That was awesome. That was an awesome spot. Appreciate it, bro. And I talked about how this team just is incapable of being consistent at shooting three. Look, you played Memphis. It's twenty four point three percent. Pistons forty two percent. Magic 29.7, Hornets 36.7, Bucks 34.3. And I'm pulling up the Cavs right now because to see where they were at against the Cavs. But man, you can't have this when you're trying to compete with upper echelons in the team. You can't have lackadaisical defense and then especially on the perimeter and allow the best teams to go out there. So it's just, it's just difficult, man. And the Knicks shot 37%. But yeah. once again, that's, that's good. That's above league average. Like there's nothing wrong with that, but it's the up and down nature of it, man, where it's not consistent. I'm, so I'm going to be honest with you, Alex. I think the Knicks played fine against the Cleveland Cavaliers. I think sure so we didn't too. close out, but I think yeah, they played I th- fine. Like I don't I think, think they didn't think to panic about it at all, except for Fournier might not have his touch. Like I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but him I actually shooting, thought he played a good game against Cleveland, to be honest with you. I, 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 he played well, but there's something about his shot that, like, I just don't trust as much as last year for some reason. I'm just, I, I think he maybe needs to get a little bit more action, maybe a little bit more minutes. I mean, he just played this past summer, right? He played this past summer, um, for Team France, and now he's coming back. So I'm sure his legs, he's trying to stay like, he's thinking about the marathon, not the sprint and coming in, uh, guns a blazing. But I, th- for me, man, I'm not, the Knicks are, I haven't played their best because when you watch all the past, when you watch all the past games, it hasn't been, yeah, we know it's a shooting, but it isn't really, the Knicks are close, man. The Knicks are close, like, to finally figure out the rhythm. And these past two games, especially against the Bucks and the Cavs, you didn't have Brunson really running the point of attack, especially against Cleveland. Guys like Julius Randle weren't hitting their jumper. RJ's been up and down to start this season. You know, the bench, especially last night, came out hot. And then the fourth quarter, they stunk. So 
it's it's stuff like that where this team really hasn't peaked yet. And so the fact that they're in these games and they haven't really peaked is intriguing. I think it's I still think they're gonna be a fine team this year, but it's it's not the aggravated, it's just like you're just learning more about this team. But I think this upcoming stretch that you're talking about, yeah, it'll be good to see can Tibbs help adjust and can the players get realigned, focus, and just stay, you know, connected. The one thing that I think left them this team this past two games against the Bucks and the Cavs was really moving the ball. I felt it was a lot of stagnation, not a lot of off-ball movement, which we saw the first couple of games. And that, to me, was essentially their downfall these past two games. Especially when you're playing these upper echelon teams, everything's got to be on point. Ball movement, playing off-ball, shooting, shot selection, playmaking, everything has to be primo if you're the next. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't lag anywhere because you just don't have a Donovan Mitchell. You don't have a Giannis Antetokounmpo. You don't have any of these guys. Can I tell you what we lack at that those guys do and it's driving me absolutely insane? What's that? We cannot get to the free throw line. We bail the the defense out with taking stupid shots that we can't make. As you said, we are bad in percentage and efficiency and shooting in general. They want us to take the outside shot. We don't get to the paint. Oh, for sure. We don't get to the free throw line. And when we do get to the free throw line, we suck. Yeah, we're so bad at that. We're so bad at the stripe. We, I, I think the uh, last game we shot like 50%. I think on the season we're shooting like 70%. We are so bad at shooting free throws, man. And that's going to come to bite us, dude. We're going to lose close games like this. Guess where the Knicks are right now in the league when it comes to free throw percentage? I, I, I'm honestly, I'll guess 25. Ooh, close. 29. <laughs> oh, my God. Even worse than I thought. I'm trying to, I was being nice. Dude, I'm telling you. They are. 29th was hitting 71.1%. Uh, yeah, that should give you best is the Boston Celtics hitting 85.2, but that should give you an indication of where the Knicks stand. The worst team is actually the Milwaukee Bucks. Funny enough. Interesting. Interesting. Um, but yeah, man. But speaking about defense and woes and everything up, let's unveil this new segment that we got here coming in to the season where we're six games in and, and fans, you know, especially if you wasn't tuned into Knicks fan TV. It's either everyone's still on the 50 burger or they're jumping out the window. And there's a, there's something in between, but it, it's, it makes for, it makes for fun, man. So this new segment we got is should we panic or not? Right. If you got better names for this people out there listening, let us know. <laughs> We're all open to suggestions, but should we panic or not? Got five topics here for you, John, for us to, to dissect. So let's get into it. You ready? I'm ready. All right. Let's by, go. By the way, I'm still on the Knicks making the playoffs. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. I like it. I like it. I mean, they're, they're playing team. I think they're going to, if they get into the plan, they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah. Six, well. six, seven, eight, but eight is the floor. Yeah. I agree with that. I agree with that. Six is probably think, the ceiling. I don't think they've hit their peak yet. All yeah. right. First one. I'm going to start with this hot topic because you're, you're, you're a fan, uh-huh. uh, of big men. Mitchell Uh-oh. Robinson's foul troubles. These last couple of games, man. Should I was gonna say, I was gonna, I'm glad not. that you, I'm glad that this is part of this because I'm upset that we didn't mention it before, dude. We are back. We are back. <laughs> Our centers again. You were worried. It's funny how. Hold on. It's funny how you asked Macri like, "Yo, what about fouls, man? What about fouls? Like, what's gonna happen?" And, and here we are. Because Hardenstein, all he does is get fouls, and we know that coming in. 
And we also knew that about Mitch. And we teamed them up. And now we are we are like over the limit every single half of every single game because our centers average eight fouls together. Uh man, I am I'm not gonna panic on Mitch Robinson because this is what I expected. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm I'm not panicking on Mitch Robinson's foul trouble. Eventually he's gonna get it together. But speaking of foul trouble, and I'm I'm excited to get your take about this. Did you see the the new referee referendum about how they handle fouls and how you're fouls? Not, yeah, and you, how you're not allowed to like make a reaction to them? Or you're yep. not allowed to do anything towards the ref, and you could tell now. Like Randall doesn't say anything. Yep. The Knicks don't really complain. That's, well, if you watch last night against the Cavs, Evan Fournier just claps his hands and he gets a tech. And I'm that. To be honest with you, I agree with Mike Breen on that. That's a little egregious. That's not a little. That's just egregious. It's not a little. It's egregious. Come on, man. It's heat of the moment in the game. He didn't even say anything that bad. Come on. So I'm, I'm hoping the refs are just on on you know a little bit of their high horse at the moment, and they'll take it easy. But dude, Mitch Robinson can't just be getting fouls every game. The only problem is, and I keep saying it, the refs have said that they get previews like before the game and they have tendencies on players and the tendency on on the center on Mitch Robinson is going to be like yo he gets a lot of fouls yeah you know what I'm saying watch out for him so he's just going to have this rap going in I don't know I'm I'm glad that Hartenstein's on this team but at some at some point I know we paid Mitch at some point do you want to see Sims like are you panicking on Mitch and second do you want to see Sims at all uh I'm not panicking on Mitch but I do want to see Sims yeah. I think for Mitch, he had some of the toughest assign- assignments, especially Giannis. He wanted the challenge. Yo, you got the challenge, bro. But you gotta, <laughs> like, he was, he was late to everything, dude. He was late to everything against Giannis. Giannis is just on a whole other level. Giannis is I the can, MVP of the league, dude. Yeah, and I can get about? that. And like, I can get <laughs> yeah. that. Like, I can get, like, Giannis putting you in foul trouble. Jared Allen, though. Like, you're playing against Jared Allen. You're just late on a lot of things yesterday, Mitch. There is, you didn't need to extend. You didn't need to always like, <laughs> attack. That one is more like you lost it from against the Bucks, and you're trying to make up for it, and you're overdoing it against Jared Allen. Because we've seen Mitch play Jared Allen pretty well. I think that's just that's just the the fallout of having played Giannis. Giannis is now in your head. You're now pressing to make a good imp- uh, impression again, and to show that you're you, you've taken another step, but you fail against Jared Allen. But yo, I'm not worried about Mitchell Robinson. I think there's definitely going to be nights where you see this. I think for the most part, he's going to be fine uh, throughout this season. I mean, we even saw against Steven Adams, he got into foul trouble. I think as the season goes on, he'll get more comfortable. It's just like any, it's like for any sport, man. It's early into the season. There's 82 games. We're only six games in. I think he just needs repetitions and he'll figure it out. Only so much you can warrant in practice. And once you start getting familiar with all the other bigs in this league, I think his game will come along, but it does need to change because Hartenstein is not the rim protector that Mitch is. And we see when he's out there offensively, Hartenstein, Hartenstein or Hartenstein, as uh, Mike Breen was calling yesterday, he was killing it, man, especially with the floaters. You know, he's killing it. But defensively, I, so I respect, I respect the hustle, but he just, he just doesn't bring the same defensive presence that Mitchell Robinson does. Right. Funny enough, though, funny enough, Julius Randle's leading this team with 4.3 personal fouls. Mitch is next with 3.7. Hartenstein with three right after. Those are your top three. Well, they're averaging solid. seven, seven and change. I wasn't, I wasn't, I, I'm, I'm, I wasn't that far off. I said eight. 
Like I'm I'm pretty close. But dude, I I love the way Randall's playing. I love it so much. I'm so happy that Randall's on his redemption tour. For sure. Randall's been 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 solid to start the season. A little shaky the last two games, but hopefully he can bounce back. Yeah, it's okay. It happens, man. I'm not expecting it. Best like, teams saying, in the East. Yeah, no, like I hear you. I'm not I'm not I'm just saying like a little shaky. Yeah. You want to see him do better, of course. Cause yeah. like I think he's been playing very well. I this think this season. is the Eastern Conference Finals, by the way. Milwaukee, Cleveland. Wow, that'd be fun. That'd be a lot of fun to watch. Mm-hmm. That'd be fun a lot, a lot, a lot of fun to watch. All right. Next topic. Moving on this list. John, should we panic or not about Quentin Grimes injury? Yes. Are we moving? Cause when we spoke, we were both at a five, man. I'm, five I'm panicking. My meter's going up, bro. This guy, I, I'm, I'm waiting for, I'm waiting for the tweet that he has a list, Frank. I'm waiting for it. Plantar fasciitis. Plantar. So, so by the way, CP, according to the guys that he knew, he, he said it. He's not, not confirming it, but from what he's heard, it's plantar fasciitis. That 100, 100%. Yeah. Dude, this is going to linger all year round. And as much as I hate to say it, if rumors were true, from the Grimes debate with Utah, which I know later ended up they were never going to trade with us anyway. But all those haters are right. Honestly, <laughs> they're right. Like, dude, you're thinking about Grimes. Like, look at Donovan Mitchell and look at Grimes. So I know it's kind of convoluted here, but I mean, the Knicks are fine without Grimes. Like, we're fine. You know what I mean? Like, we don't have the best shooting guards right now. Uh, I am, I'm panicking for Grimes. Like, I don't think he's really going to be super healthy all year. I would guesstimate he might be healthy by the all-star break. Like, healthy. That's that's far, dude. That's far. So I'm panicking on that, but I'm not panicking for the Knicks. I think the Knicks are going to be fine with or without him, to be honest. I'm panicking. My, I've got him to a seven right now because I'm watching Evan Fournier out there playing defense, dude. (laughs) And it is tough, man. I know. It's tough. And we, <laughs> we need somebody on the perimeter when you have someone like Donovan Mitchell. Like, thank God Chris Middleton didn't play against the Bucks for the Bucks uh, uh, on Friday night because that team's been like, saying that teams have been saying that for years, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But I really, I'm really getting concerned about guys, especially if it's a Liz Frank. Uh, the longer he's out, it's going to take much longer for him to get into rhythm and to mm-hmm. get back into the rotation and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And as much as Fournier's shooting and now even somewhat playmaking has been, you know, present and can be inspiring at times. The defense though, man, it's just tough because our perimeter defense, we're allowing so many threes. And at least for Grimes, a guy who fights over screens, he's tenacious. He'll chase down. He'll close out. Uh, he'll close out hard. It's just something that's missing. And, and I'm concerned, man. Hopefully he can return sooner. He doesn't need surgery. It's not that bad, but. I don't know, man. The the longer he's out and the the less information that we're getting on, on the clarity of what it is makes me more and more nervous by the day. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. But the Knicks are going to be fine, in my opinion. I agree that you don't like Fournier, and he's and he's nothing inspiring to watch. But to be honest with you, it just gives IQ more minutes. Yeah, and we're all cool with that. For sure, for sure. All right, another one. And Cam Hive, stand up. They're hyped about Evan Fournier. <laughs> <laughs> Cam Hive is loving it. Okay. Except, except for me for the two where he threw up junk last night, which was yeah. like, he, he was like, there was moments he, he was like, he, fine. And then I'm like, what are you doing? Bro? Dude, he's, can I tell you who he's like real quick? Zach Wilson. He's the most erratic 
play I've ever seen in my life. One play, you're like, oh my God, that was amazing. This is everything we signed up for. He gets in the lane. He gets to, he gets transition. He plays defense and other plays. There's a lot of players know, on the Jets, bro. And then I don't know what on earth he's doing sometimes. Can't I'm like, dude, where are you on defense? Why are you taking step back threes from half court with 13 seconds left on the shot clock? Like sometimes he does the weirdest stuff. Man. Like Zach Wilson, so that's my that's my comparison right now. There's a lot of people on the Jets though that are like Cam Reddish. You could talk about Quincy Quincy Williams. Oh my god! No, I don't want to talk about Quincy Williams. <laughs> no, thank you. Let's keep going. Let's keep All going. right, <laughs> on, on on to the next one, as we say around here. All right, Derek Rose's lack of minutes. Should we panic or not? Because right now, man, he's averaging 13.1 minutes. It's a little concerning. It's a little concerning to me, but let me hear what you have to say about it. I I think I'm in the same way, same answer for Grimes, where I'm panicking for D Rose, where I don't think his minutes are really going to uptick, but I'm okay with it from the Knicks standpoint because again, IQ plays now because of that. You know what I mean? If D Rose minutes go up, IQ minutes go down, and IQ is starting to get more comfortable. He's starting to Go a little bit out of his range, you know what I mean? In 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 some point guard slash shooting guard duties, and that's because D Rose is taking the back seat. And honestly, the longer you keep him on this thirteen minute, you know, limit, the more you could ramp him up if we actually end up needing him at some point. You know what I mean? If the Knicks yep. actually are in a playoff run towards the end of the season, we're playing meaningful basketball, you know, going into the spring. That he's going to be a nice catalyst there, especially if he's fresh, especially if he's healthy. We don't need him right now. We learn, we should learn from our mistakes. We had him for a full year. It was amazing, an amazing regular season and he fell apart because he was the only offense we had, right? But if we have Jalen Brunson and a, and a, and a obviously IQ and everything that goes with that and a healthy D Rose in the spring, I think it's going to work wonders for the Knicks. So I'm not panicking for the Knicks side, but I, I'll give it, I'm, I'm, I'll give it a five. I'll give it a five for D Rose. I'm happy about five it. Five out of ten. Give it out of five. Cause he's got, yeah, cause he's got a, he's got a, he's still got to keep playing. You know what I mean? He can't, he can't be like rusty or, you know what I mean? Cause he's not doing anything spectacular either at the end of the day because his minutes are so short. Yeah. I feel you. I'm, I guess, I, yeah, I'm with you, but for a different reason because I would put it at five out of ten. Because when I see Jalen Brunson struggling the last two games from, in my mind, exhaustion from having to do a lot the first couple of games, like he played two double overtimes. He was really a catalyst. I get he's playing 30 plus minutes. I know he wants to be out there. I'm saying there's some moments where I see Derrick Rose comes in and he's I can't you take that. that. Huh? I can't take that, Alex. I can't take that excuse. Don't tell me Jalen Brunson's tired six games into the season. My $100 nah, million man, like, look, point guard. Nice that you're going to be exhausted. Me. There's so nice you're gonna be exhausted. We're the only team in the league that hasn't had a back to back yet, and it's coming. Yeah, but I'm saying well, they're not be exhausted yet, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Back to back is coming this week, actually. I know, that's what I'm saying. So, hey, look. I'm just saying it's for me, like there's some nights that some guys are just a little tired, a little bit more. I'm not saying it's from like a, a the season, but there, especially when Derrick Rose is cooking, I feel like you gotta let him leave him out there. Especially against the Bucks when the second unit had it going and yesterday in the second half against the, uh, against the Cavs where he had two quick back to back transition, uh, attacks where he finished in the paint, whether it was a layup or, or a floater or whatnot. And he was just part of that, part of that motor to get the Knicks back in and on track. So that's what I'm looking at. 
And 13 minutes, it's all like I get the whole we're trying to preserve him for the end of the season. I'm cool with that. But it will like yeah, just, you know, you don't need to utilize him all the time. Like especially in matchups in matches matchups like this where we're close. I'd I like to say uh I like to say uh let me see a little bit more Derek Rose. All right, moving along. Ooh, which one should I go with for I'm go okay, I'm gonna go with this one. I'm gonna save I'm gonna save the I'm gonna save someone else. I'm gonna save the other guy for last. All right. Should we be concerned or not about Obi Toppin's lack of minutes? No, I'm not panicking about Obi Toppin's lack of minutes. In fact, I like it. Julius Randle is good at basketball. We need Julius Randle to play well in order for the Knicks to do well. Obi Toppin is limited. I don't know. I don't know. Like, Obi Avengers, I know. I'm I'm sorry, Blood of the Panda. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, all the Obi Toppin guys. I love Obi Toppin. He's so fun. He's a spark at home at the Garden, especially. He's a spark off the bench. He could hit a three if you need him to in a pull-up situation when Jalen Brunson gets him open or something or IQ on a nice drive and kick. He gets the rebound. He's out in transition. He's amazing, especially at home. But dude, he's he can't he can't like defend. You know, a, a real power forward with his back to the basket. He can't like really get rebounds unless they're long rebounds. And again, he's in transition. He's a finesse guy. He's Sean Marion, man. And, and we're all trying to make it out to be Carl Anthony Towns and he's not. He's, he's Sean Marion. He's just, he's, he's just, you know, trying to figure out the game. I like where he's at, to be honest with you. And last game, him playing so bad, that should tell everyone like, yo, chill out. Like I'm still learning. I don't need to, I don't need to, we don't need to trade Randall out for, for a cheeseburger like everyone was asking for and then give Obi Toppin 40 no, minutes. And I, and I, and I don't you know think that, that would be insane. If Obi feel, Toppin was our starting power forward, we would have one win. I don't think it's necessarily everyone's looking to trade Randall right now. I think, I know there's some part of the fan base that's looking to trade Randall and to have Obi as a starter, but I'm thinking more so from the fact that he's averaging 15.5 minutes. We've seen in some games, especially these past games, where offensively he has it going out in transition. He's hitting three-point shots very well. Actually, he's our best three-point shooter right now, which is why if you need somebody to get you, he's shooting 50% right now <laughs> three uh, off of three attempts. So for me, <laughs> three attempts, that's hilarious. Three attempts per game. Yeah, he's our best shooter, man, right no. now. No, we got to give him minimum 10, bro. Come on. Three attempts. No, three attempts per game, I mean. Not just three oh, attempts total. Three attempts oh, per game. Okay. okay. Per game. He's getting three attempts per game and he's shooting 50%. I mean, I think he's doing a good job shooting wise, attacking. Like, does he have the back to the basket game yet? Could he be, a, is he a solid ISO score yet? No. I thought he was actually pretty good. He with will being, never have, he won't have that. I think, I thought he was actually pretty good in choosing when to stay back yesterday instead of leaking out to grab rebounds. I was really yeah. impressed with that. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously, once again, you're going against Jared Allen and Evan Mobley <laughs> and guys like that and Kevin Love. Guys who are a little bit more stockier and just understand the position at a different level. Um, and bigger too. Just all that. Not for every single player, but just across the board. That's what you're dealing with. But I would like to see Obi get a little bit more uptick in minutes. And just, just because, man, the offense is just so dynamic of what he does. You're not panicked it about easy. it. I'm not panicking. I'm not panicking. Yeah. I'm not You just want him to get more minutes. I, I just want him to get more minutes. I'm not panicking about it. I just want him to get more minutes. I think with what you said, he's fine right now. Just because Randall's been playing so well, although in a game against the Bucks where the second unit really was giving us that fake comeback, 
I would be like, yo, just just let the second unit just go keep going, man. Like you brought Randall back out of there. He was struggling all night. My whole thing is if someone's struggling and someone else is succeeding, let that person succeed until they start to struggle. That's just my thing. Let the hot hand go. Let the hot hand go. Fourth quarter Knicks comeback, dude. We're so back. Oh yeah, baby. We're back. Uh, mid- We're back in action. Form, baby. Big comebacks, baby. You all you know what I'm about. All right. Last one. Here we go. The hot topic that everyone's interesting interested about, especially after we played the Cleveland Cavaliers. Bro, I did a I did a game preview for Knicks Fan TV with Evan Damerell of Locked On Cavs. And in the comment sections, they're already asking to trade this guy <laughs> who we're about to bring up. So John. Should we panic or not about RJ's slow start? I'm not panicking. Okay. However, he better pick it up. And this season kind of falls on his shoulders. Because if RJ's good, we could possibly beat Memphis, you know, in that overtime game and possibly hold the lead against Cleveland and not blow it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So... We hit free throws. RJ Barrett is efficient. And all of a sudden, the Knicks are a real basketball team in the Eastern Conference. So I'm not panicking about it because it's early. And again, because Jalen Brunson and Randall are doing so well. He should be thanking them every single day that they're doing well. Because that's the only reason he's getting away with what he's getting away with. I'm not panicking because I think he's going to succeed. This season mm-hmm. and soon. Not forget this season. That's too. That's too much of a future. Too much of a long hedge. I think he's going to pick it up against the Atlanta Hawks. Okay. On Wednesday, November second, he's going to pick it up against the Atlanta Hawks, the stinky Atlanta Hawks. Okay, we're at home. We play. We are undefeated at home. We play well at home. Our bench is hyped at home, and the Atlanta Hawks have no bench. So. I think RJ Barrett is going to get into it against the, the Hawks and man, if RJ Barrett gets together, okay. I, I really think this Knicks team is going to be a legitimate squad. So I'm not panicking about it. I'm annoyed about it. Okay. I'm definitely annoyed, especially because he got paid. So it's like, dude, you, 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 you got your pay. Like, don't start. You know what I mean? Don't start this. I'm getting PTSD from Randall. You know what I yeah, mean? I'm getting flashes. You know, like, you know, like in, 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 in the flash, right? In the show or something, you get like those like little like sparks, like, and you're like, Oh, what was that? Like, I, I see Randall, right? From getting paid and being so inefficient. So I'm not panicking. I'll, I'll go, I'll even go as low as, as a three. I'm at a three out of 10. All right. But it's on my mind, man. And I think he's going to pick it up. But if he doesn't, like if he keeps this up till Christmas, I'm the you know the panic meter is definitely gonna get hot. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you with three out of ten for the panic on RJ. I'm not panicking. Uh, I'm just tired of the slow start, man. Um, I just need him to come out of the gate red hot, especially when we see him in preseason knocking down shots, looking like he's already in the groove and whatnot. Look, as of right now, he's averaging 17.7 points off of 16.7 field goal attempts per game. He's shooting 40% from the field, 21.9% from three. Although free throw shooting, I'm impressed. 79.2. His free throws have been has been pretty on point. Uh rebounds have been always up there. It's close to six. Assists, it's a little lower than usual. Usually it's around three. It's but those two in a row, Alex. Those yeah. two in a row free throws that he hit at the end of that yeah. game. I was like, when we were all panicking. Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, we all we were all there, man. We were all there. 
But I'm not panicking about RJ. I'm just tired of the slow starts, man. I just need him to get it together, especially when you have Brunson and Randall playing well. He's part of that big three or the mid three, as everyone likes to joke and, and coin. But he really needs to step it up because we like all three of them need to play well for this team really to move forward, right? And, and for them to not have to worry about losing leads or you know having to fight back from being down, they all have to have better. Like Jalen Brunson's been pretty has been on point. You have Randall's been solid. Some boneheaded decision makings, uh, decision making in some games, of course. RJ though need to step it up. It's been for the most part a lot, shooting. a lot of boneheaded. <laughs> well, RJ's had a lot of boneheaded shooting and playmaking. Uh, yeah. yeah, and that's that's the thing. Like gets the Cavs shirt up on the decision making when it came to when it came to shooting and somewhat playmaking. Defensive needs to get better, but I'm not worried about RJ Barrett. All right, what's your panic meter on the Brooklyn Nets if they lose again to Indiana? My panic meter? <laughs> I don't have a panic meter for the Nets. Okay. I'm loving everything that's going on for the Brooklyn Nets, okay? okay. It is sinking. It is a sinking ship. <laughs> They're on by two right it. now. The I love everything forward. about it, John. Okay, everything about it. It is not the Knicks. The Knicks are actually three and three. The Brooklyn Nets only have one win. I'm, about, I, if, if they lose to the Pacers right now, panic is at an eight. For yo, eight Benedict Matherin that. is him right now, all right? Yo, he's, he's legit. He's hooping. We were right about hooping. that. Shout out to Knicks Jets, et cetera. Shout out to us. Well, <laughs> we were right about Benny, Benny Matherin. My guy Johnny Davis though is killing me. I think he'll turn it around, but he's killing me. You're right. <laughs> I love Benedict Matherin though. And AJ Griffin stinks. Go ahead. On to the schedule. <laughs> let's get through the schedule, man. Let's let's wrap this thing up. All right. This week, the Knicks got the Atlanta Hawks on Wednesday. They got the Philadelphia Six- Sixers on Saturday on Friday. They got the Boston Celtics on Saturday. And then they also was it they wrap it up next week with hold on. My thing is just fro- my screen is now frozen. After Boston, we're at Minnesota. That's on a Monday. So the, the, the weekends, it's Wednesday, Friday, Saturday for us and our first back to back, like we talked about. Yep. And then Wednesday, we got Brooklyn, the, we got the Nets next week as well on Wednesday. So yeah. from here, from here to then, John, um, five games, five games. What are you thinking? I think we're going to beat Atlanta. Yep. I think we're going to beat Philly at Philly. Okay. Then we're going to lose to Boston at home. That's going to be our first home loss of the season. I think we're going to lose to Minnesota. Okay. Unfortunately, at Minnesota. And I think we're going to come home, quote unquote, and win in Barclays. So we'll be three and three, three and two, three and two. Okay. With the wins in Atlanta, Philly and Brooklyn, two road wins and a home win. And then home loss, win uh, and a uh, road loss. Okay, I'm with you on coming back on bouncing back, beating Atlanta at home. Not feeling the Philly thing, man. They're pretty sporadic. I think they're going to keep their home court. I actually think we come home and we beat Boston. Um, that'd be that'd be that'd be great, man. Yeah, I think we would come home and beat Boston. Uh, I think we'll also. I think we'll lose to Minnesota. They just somehow in Minnesota have our number. Anthony Edwards looks forward to. Match it up against R.J. Barrett. You know how that oh, goes. Towns is good, man. Yeah. And Gobert. I mean, our centers, if our centers have six fouls. Good ward. Get Jericho Simpson there. And by the way, to answer your earlier question, yes, I'd like to see more Jericho minutes. Hell yeah. When, when, uh, when these two guys are in foul trouble. That's and my free Brooklyn. safety. We're man. beating Brooklyn, baby. We're of beating course. Brooklyn. No centers. They got no centers. What are they, what are you, they can't. 
We don't either at the end of at the end of every half, but it's all right. Relax, relax, <laughs> relax. No one needs to talk about that. But yeah, man. Cool. So we're both we're both in the same position. I just just switch out uh, Philly and Boston. Okay, fair enough. And uh, that's I'm it. okay with that though. Yeah, like, well, either way, it's fine as long as we split those. I'm good, especially because on the our first back to back. Yeah, and also the the, the all, again to the juggernauts of the East like. Milwaukee, Cleveland, Philly, Boston. Like, yeah. they, they, that's those only people I actually, yeah. I'll, I'll give the kudos to for for the top of the East. Yeah, it make it probably makes more sense that the Knicks beat Philly than Boston just because the first of a back to back. But I don't know something something's giving me this feeling about us. We got to win on the road, dude. Yeah, we got to win a road game. And, and if it's not gonna come at Philly, which is basically at home, like you're probably sleeping in your beds. Like I don't, I don't know what to tell you. We have to win a road game. Philly's slumping. It's, it's, it's now or never, man. Facts. You're gonna lose to Minnesota too. Like we're not gonna win a home game. We're not gonna win a road game till November 9th at Brooklyn, which barely counts. Like, come on, dude. We got We got to win one. I feel we you. Win a road game. I feel you, man. But on that note, John, I think this is a good place to end it and uh, wrap up the pod. As always, it's always fun talking Knicks with you, bro. It's always fun talking Knicks. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in for another Knicks episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. You all know what to do. If you haven't already done so, please make sure to subscribe on all audio listening platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, Alexa, Stitcher, you name it. We are there. If you listen to us on Apple or Spotify, please make sure you give us that five-star rating. And if you listen to us on Apple, please make sure to leave a review or comment. We're also partnered with Minute Media Fan Sided, so you can find this podcast on the Daily Knicks or the Jet Press. We also got that YouTube page. Knicks coming, Jets coming, ETC, period, no one writes out, etc. That shit's wild. If you find the page, subscribe. Hit that notification bell. That way you know when a new episode drops. When you watch a video, leave a comment, hit the like button, do all those things. Add to the conversation. We want to know your thoughts and opinions. And while you're also over at that YouTube page, we got another podcast. It's partnered with Minute Media. Winning picks weekly. John, video producer Greg and our guy at Coast, Chip Murphy. These guys go through every single sport possible. As John said last time, I don't need to promote it. These guys are hot. These guys are like Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. We're killing it right now. And, oh, yeah. and, and Jordan Poole knocking down threes. It's a pool Uh-oh. party. <laughs> By the way, the Knicks, I just realized, the Knicks are going to, if they beat Atlanta and Philly, they're going to be 5-3. and 5-3. Jets Ooh. and Knicks, they're going to be 5-3. and three. Sign me up, son. Let's go. And then last and certainly not least, please make sure to follow us on all social media platforms on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, you name it. We are there. Thank you everyone for tuning in for another next episode of the Knicks Jets Etc. Podcast. We out. Let's go next. <laughs> <laughs>